0: What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast about future-focused
1: parenting. Hi, everyone. We are here today on Raising Adults with a spin cycle for you. We had a listener question from Julie, and we wanted to address it because in the A recent episode, Kira, you mentioned something about how you handle play dates and asking if there's a gun in the house and is it locked up and can I even see it and all of that. And this is a kind of a follow-up question to that. So we wanted to let Kira expound on her amazing (laughs) handling of this because my people are like past it. In fact, the other day because of this, I said, so Mark, what would you do if you saw a gun? He's like, pick it up, make sure the safety was on. Why? (laughs) It's just just so different. He's not seven. Okay. So.
0: Yeah, let's hear. Right. Well, I think Julie's question was, you know, she's coming into the good guy, bad guy phase of superheroes with her son. Um, And so I I think that her question is really about, like, what do I do about the gun part of that? Um, And so I had said to her, you know, well, we kind of touched on guns in the safety episode, but it is such a big one to expound upon. And so I just want to be clear before we get going that – this is not going to be about should we, shouldn't we with guns. Like, Dina and I want to keep some of the political debate out of this podcast. This is a parenting podcast. So let's just put to the side that there's different views on should should there be guns in the world or not. And let's look at the reality of the fact that there are guns in the world, that kids are exposed to them, and that they are often offered in a toy scenario. So what do we as parents do to make sure that there is gun safety around all of that. And so I think a lot of it is unfortunately going to depend somewhat on your views about it. Sure. But um, I think one of the most common things that I've heard that I really like, even from gun owners, is the idea that a gun is not a toy. It's not a toy. So whether you're for or against guns, the idea of saying a gun is not a toy, therefore... We do not have toy guns makes a lot of sense to me. I have a very good friend. They're avid gun owners. Um, They hunt. They do all the things. And they are absolutely focused with their kiddo that a gun is not a toy and we do not have toy guns, which I think is really important and interesting and telling that that's coming from a gun owner, Mm -hmm. not coming from raging liberal me. So that's certainly how we handled it in our house. Guns are not toys. Therefore, we do not have toy guns. I also talked a lot with my kids about, what is the purpose of a gun in play? And usually, the purpose of the gun in play is to pretend to kill someone. And so we had a a lot of our conversations were around that. Like, mm, well, what do you think about the idea that you're pretending to take someone's life, and that person, that character, whatever, has a mom, maybe has a dad? right? They have a family. How's that family going to feel that that character died? How are you going to feel that you took that character's life? Like this is a bigger implication than just pow, 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 pow. It is about what are you actually physically doing? So a really good example is kind of a sidebar, but, you know, I'm a former actor. And in drama school, um, we did a production in which I had to stab someone on stage and kill them. And I remember that experience being really, really intense because you have to, as an actor, physically go through the motions of taking someone's life. Even though you're not, even though you're just pretending, your body doesn't know any different. And I would get really, really violently ill after every time I did that scene because my I was like, I feel like I'm killing someone and I know that sounds kind of silly and kind of extreme but I also think it's really important we're in an age where people and kids especially because of video games and all this stuff we are getting desensitized to violence and so whatever you believe let's not forget that when a kid goes pow 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 you're dead they are pretending to kill someone And that has ramifications. So uh, that's sort of what we did was a lot of talking about, well, that means that person's died. You know, we've had a death in the family, so it was very personal to us. Like, that's not something we joke about. We don't pretend to kill people. But we definitely got to a point where Reese particularly is a boy. And a lot of people say, like, you cannot have toy guns. They're going to make them with their fingers. They're going to pick up a stick. Pow, pow, you're dead. Um, (laughs) I heard a story about one boy who
1: bit his sandwich into the shape of a gun (laughs) pb and j is
0: now a weapon what (laughs) happened. Right. So I I think it's, I think with all things, it's about balance and moderation, right? So in our home, yes, we are very anti-gun. We talk about the fact that mommy and daddy don't like guns. Um, We don't believe that they're necessary in society. I mean, those are our, our particular liberal views. And so our kids pick up on that. And yes, we have maybe stronger boundaries than other families might have around it. But I try and talk about it more, again, in the context of what is a gun designed to do? In these scenarios, they're designed for you to pretend to kill someone. It's not that I have a problem with the gun, I have a problem with you pretending to kill someone. I have an issue with that. And I don't think that it's something we joke about, play about, or act out in a fun way. Death is a serious thing, it's a meaningful thing, and I don't think it's something we should make light of. So that's sort of how we've handled it in our house. With regards to the good guy, bad guy, and I think I've touched on this before, but I'll say it again. As a mental health professional, I do not believe in good guys and bad guys. I believe that, you know, the characters in these shows that are the bad guys, I would love to know their childhood history. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to know what happened to them when they were small Um, because I really believe that, you know, most of the time, not all, there are definitely people with true mental health issues. They're born with them. Um, But outside of the realm of someone who's maybe a psychopath, Um, this is a result generally poor choices are a result of something something that was going on whether that character that you know venom spiders spiders guy spider-man's guy like venom maybe was unloved as a child or didn't get what venom needed when he was small you know and uh, we've just spent a lot of time trying to help the kids understand that it's not a question of good guys, bad guys. It's a question of, did, did they get what they needed when they were young? How is their experience showing up in their behavior? Because we know that that's the truth for all children, right? Even just a bad day at school can mean my kid is having a worse day at home. Um, so really helping them understand that, separating this idea of black and white, good guy, bad guy, I mean, the world just doesn't work that way. Um, and so that that's been part of it too. Is and I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it with both my kids. Where they tend to come at the bad guy thing when they when there's a character in a show that's the quote unquote bad guy. Um, they say a lot of things like. Um, I wonder what we could do to help that character find love in their hearts or I I wonder what we could do to help that character be more compassionate or I wonder what happened to that I mean they're asking these questions Mm -hmm. now like I wonder what happened to that character that made them behave that way Um, so I think there's really an opportunity to teach empathy um, and to teach grace, you know, this idea that we're all human, and part of what makes us human is what happens back here can sometimes show up here. And sometimes I snap at you because I'm upset about this thing over here, and that just that's just humanity. Um, so I think that the gun, the gun thing, and the good guy bad thing really can be a great opportunity to to dive into something much much deeper. So, when Reese did he have a question? You started
1: to say that Reese recently what
0: oh no he well his his big thing is um darth vader oh and and he loves darth vader his favorite characters are the baddies and it's because he's convinced that he will be able to help them find love in their hearts like that's his mission in life is like i'm gonna go to those bad guys and i'm gonna i'm gonna rehabilitate them basically. <laughs> like, but he comes at it from that same angle that he's been taught that like you know what they're not a bad guy they're a hurt guy, they're a harmed guy, they're a neglected guy, and that's showing up. And so I see him making these choices, and, and even in play, like how he's he's trying to help them move through whatever pain they've been through, essentially. To, you Do know. you also then
1: detach the lightsabers and stuff? I'm curious about oh,
0: yeah. no, that's how a great you handle question. other
1: weapons, because other families, too, guns aren't the only weapons that come up in play.
0: Right. So my general rule of thumb, and this is some of this is personal to our house and our beliefs, um, but you could tweak this. So um, my general rule of thumb is we do not pretend to kill people. So if you have a sword, as long as you're not pretending to kill someone with it, play away. Totally fine with me. Um, we do go deeper into guns. I don't allow toy guns in the house because of our personal views on mm-hmm. guns, but I appreciate that not all families are going to hold those personal mm-hmm. views. To me, the, the deeper, deeper issue that I would want listeners to walk away with is, you know, what are we saying to a kid when we're letting them pretend to kill someone in play? Okay, that makes sense. I was,
1: I was curious because you mentioned the Darth Vader thing. I was like, oh, Star Wars, they have a whole different arsenal, right?
0: Yeah, and he can lightsaber battle all he wants but not with the intention to kill his opponent um, and so and that's how it is I mean with like with the movies I let them watch mm-hmm. and this kind of thing It's to me that's that's the issue with the violence the video games all those things come down to we are sending this message that it's funny it's fun. It's play. It's and no, it's big, no deal. big deal. Yeah. And and that's really where I personally take issue. So I would say to someone like Julie who it sounds like is probably somewhat like-minded to me is is clearly uncomfortable with where this is going that if you can take it and 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 work on it from that perspective. What are we learning about this person based on their behavior? Because that's going to help them in school. You know, when there's a kid who's having a tough time at school, chances are something's going on for that kid. So having that empathy and compassion is just a great skill to teach anyway. Yeah, regardless.
1: And we love when this happens, by the way. So thank you, Julie. I mean, this is helpful because sometimes you may be listening and hear something in one episode that sparks a follow-up question, or maybe you even have an idea for a whole episode topic. And we actually love hearing from you. So we're grateful to Julie for reaching out with this more involved question on the gun thing.
0: Yeah. And I would also say that if you are a family that owns guns and is comfortable with guns and, you know, leans in a different direction than I do, then I would still encourage you to talk gun safety. You know, I think everyone can agree on gun safety. I sort of wish this was the conversation we were having. It's like we just got to throw out this other conversation that's happening. It's not effective and it's not working, but we all want our kids to not die from a random gun. Like, I think we can all agree on that. So I think it's making sure that you're modeling good gun safety, kind of like your mom. Mm -hmm. I love that example that she's just always letting you know where it is and if it's loaded and all those things. So just continuing to model good gun safety and to continue to talk about that idea that a gun is not, a toy. It's not funny. There's nothing funny about a gun. Guns are designed to harm and to protect. And so we need to make sure that kids are getting that message.
1: Absolutely. And I think what's so key when I mentioned that on the past episode is that I'm an adult and she's still watching out for that. And I really appreciate that. And also when we're in their home as a family, my mom is a tall drink of water. And so she would put the gun up and I'm a less tall drink of water. <laughs> so I couldn't even really reach it, which was great. So then I knew for sure my kids couldn't which was great. So because it's true, everybody's going to fall kind of at a different place along the spectrum here. But it is about I think the big message is how do we keep people safe? And would your child know what to do if they came across a gun? And I was glad that you mentioned that in the safety episode. And that's what made me curious now that I have bigger people like, what would you do? (laughs) Sometimes our own podcast makes me go, I need to circle back around on this one. Absolutely.
0: Did you do anything particular when yours were little around this?
1: We didn't really, but it's so interesting to me when I look back, we didn't do toy guns, but I didn't talk about it being so on purpose. I think Mark had one pirate sword. He went through a real pirate phase, but again, we were really I was really vocal about not pointing it at anyone and anything like that. It was more part of his getup and he liked to dress the part, kind of a thing. But it's interesting as I think back because I can honestly say this isn't an area where I really camped or picked it as a hill to die on, so to speak. But when I think back to their playroom, there were not toy weapons mm-hmm. in it. So, so that's so interesting to me. Yeah, I, you were kind of,
0: you were making a choice about it without realizing was, it was a important. I was unintentionally intentional. Well, just, <laughs> just, just live. Like, I was so intentional about it. It was that. so on purpose <laughs> for sure. I think there's one other piece that I just want to touch on, and that is what do you do when, so for me, like my family, no guns, and then you go to someone else's house and they have guns. And how do you handle that? Because I I know I've had friends who've had this issue, and I don't mean real guns, I mean play guns. Mm. So, the you know, you're at a play date and the other kid has toy guns and they want to play, shoot them up, shoot them up. And you're, as a parent, against that, but you also want them to have a good play date. I mean, parenting, I think, is so many of these moments where everything collides and you're just trying to make the best decision that you can. We had a situation once where we were visiting my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, and my brother-in-law was in the military over in the U.K., so very comfortable with guns. And he had toy water guns. I mean, really, like, benign objects. Fairly
1: innocuous version, right? Yeah,
0: but they were the ones that— They look like automatic weapons, you know, and um, and my worlds collided because it was like he had brought this out for my Mm. kids and it was meaningful to him. And he was being so sweet with them and he just wanted them to, like, have a water fight. fun. Yeah. And um, and Reese even kind of looked at me like, what are we going to what are we going to do? Can we play with this? You know, he kind of gave me this look. What did you do? I let them play with it. I think that there's you know, I think we send our messages very clearly day in and day out. And we also have to know when to be gracious. Yes. We have to know when to, and I think our whole culture could learn from what I'm about to say. I think we all need to know when to hold our tongues mm-hmm. um, and and when that something is innocent to just let it be innocent. Um, and so I let them play with it. And we talked about it later because Reese was like, how come you let us play with those? We don't play with guns. And I said, you know." your uncle was really excited about those and you guys were excited about it and i felt like it was not going to be appropriate for me to get all up on my high horse about my opinion when he was doing something really kind for you and so i was i knew that you knew how i felt about it i could tell how you felt about it and that was enough for me
1: Mm -hmm. and then what's so great is then that was an anomaly it was the exception not the the rule so they know day in and day out this is how we do it and I parent that way so hard. And I also consult that way because with sleep in particular, this is what it made me think of is, yes, most of the time, guard the naps, do it your way. But then sometimes baby's going to be sick or you're traveling and you can have a day that looks different and that needs to be okay. So kudos to you for knowing like, well, maybe maybe this time I'm going to let that one go.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have let it go if they wanted to do it every day. Well, sure. But I think exactly that. It's and, an anomaly. Yeah. And also just teaching kids flexibility. Right. Um, But but also sending this message that because I would have hated if they went out into the world and they were just stomping all all over other people's opinions about guns. That's not okay either. And so part of how I model, you know, the relationship you and I have is a great example of people disagree. People have different opinions. Your uncle thinks this is okay, I don't. But actually, this is one of those moments where I can just I can just be gracious and let it go. Well, and
1: we don't want to raise kids who steamroll people. We want them to be gracious and kind. And on that, this is a really important lesson that I think you can use even, I mean, little ones all the way up. I'm still utilizing it and training is picking people over issues. And there are going to be strategic times where you've got to make that choice. Pick the person.
0: Yep. 100%. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this spin cycle. If you have an idea for a spin cycle or a question for us, you can email info at com. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in my laundry room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.